trying to let people know about it every way that we possibly can. We're putting major articles in the Clay Today newspaper. We're using YouTube. We're using our website. And putting testimonies forth uh, of what God has done. And the testimonies we're putting out for people to read about or see on video are, are just a part of what God's doing. Some things are hard to express in that way. But I'm going to share with you this morning a series of miracles and tell you that your miracle may be next. You say, I need a miracle? I am going to tell you, and I don't say this is not church promotion, this is not church advertising, this is truly what I believe from my heart. If you're looking for an answer from God, you will not find any better place where the Spirit of God is moving and where people will pray and believe with you than right here to receive a miracle from God. And it's not because we're better than anybody else. But we do pray. This church prays. We're believers. A lot of people are believers, and, and, and there's not an emphasis on prayer. I'm not belittling anything else. I don't even know any place else. I'm not talking about any place. I'm not talking about anybody place except right here. What I do know is about right here. I know that this church prays. I know that when I stand in front of somebody and say, I have prayed for you today, it's not just a byword. It's a true statement. I don't say it if it's not true. I stood by a hospital bed yesterday and said, I pray for you every day. And I do pray for that person every day, or I would not have said it. In our prayer meeting, there's a power of God moving, and God's answering prayer. I've already told you this morning about one great answer to prayer. For somebody that's not in our church, but we were praying for her because she's a friend of my daughter, and associated with the two families in Maryland, she was stricken with an aggressive form of leukemia. They expect her to die. God brought her back from the precipice of death and touched her in her body. And I don't say other people weren't praying. I'm not trying to name anybody to give somebody credit for it. It's not, it's not a matter of that. We give God the credit. God did it. But God's people in this place pray. That I do know. I'll tell you this. There are people calling us constantly and regularly for prayer. We are people sending prayer requests to us that we don't know. And we put them on the prayer list and we pray for them. And I'm glad that people are hearing that God's answering prayer in this place. And if you're sitting there saying, well, I wish you would answer prayer for me, don't wish it. Believe it. Start believing it. Claiming it. I believe one thing God honors is faith, which to me translates to faithfulness. It's hard for me to have faith if I'm not living faithfully for God and basically handling the rudimentary things of the Christian life. If I do that and I seek to do those things, as Paul said to the Ephesians, to discern that which is pleasing to the Lord... If I will discern what's pleasing to the Lord and follow through with that, live faithfully before God and pray and trust God, I will see answers to prayer, and so will you. 
So I want to tell you today about a few things that God's doing because it is appropriate to praise the Lord. I used to get a little bit confused when Jesus healed somebody. He said, go and tell nobody. I thought you were supposed to tell everybody. And when I was a young man, I'd get confused by that. Then I realized that at the time when Jesus said those things, it was a time when his fame was really at its peak. People, so many people heard about him, he couldn't get through the crowds to minister to people. The Bible records a time when he was in the home of, of his disciples trying to eat, and the people crowded around the door so people couldn't get in. There was a time when a man came to, needed healing, and his friends were trying to bring him to him. They got there, and there was such a crowd standing around the house, they couldn't get inside. So they had to go up on the roof and take the roof off and lay it down. So Jesus didn't need much. We we need all the publicity we can get, but he didn't need much in those days. (laughs) Changed later on, but but that's why, I believe, that's why he told people not to go tell it. But the real word to us is to tell it everywhere. The Bible says we are to praise the Lord in all things. I'm glad he said in all things. Some things it's hard to praise him for, but some things you don't praise him for. You just praise God, he's going to bring you through it. All right, so here's what the Bible says. Psalm 86, verse 12. I will praise thee, O Lord, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forevermore. Psalm 150 says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. So why aren't we praising the Lord? Right now. I don't mean just in general. I mean right now. Say praise the Lord. I I told you I'm preaching a little bit differently this morning, you know. I don't ask for much response from you. I don't ask you to respond very often. You know, a lot of people say, are always saying through the message, if you believe it, say amen. Or everybody say praise the Lord. And, and I don't. I almost never do that. I figure if you need to say it, you will say it. And if the Spirit of the Lord is moving you to say it, you'll be free to say it. I probably ought to do it more than I do. I may even start doing it more than I do now that I'm talking to myself about it. But, but it's a good thing for us to always do that. And I want to tell you why. This is a part of it. In our old church, Ron and Kay Baber were faithful members of our church. They've had a lot of sickness, a lot of issues, a lot's going on. Kay's been very, very ill recently. And the week before last, she called the church to ask for prayer. We began to pray for her. And then, of course, we also, when we see somebody we know, we reach out to minister to them. And Carolyn called her and talked with her and prayed with her. And I want Carolyn to come up right now and Kay to come up with her. Ron, come if, she, if Kay needs you to help help her up here. Feel free to come on up with him. I've got a microphone for you, Carolyn. I want you to, I want, I want Carolyn, now this is all a part of my message this morning. I want her to talk to Kay and let her tell you what God has done for her over these last couple of weeks and why when they were back here last Sunday, back here again today, why they're going to be here because of what God's done in their life. This is this is a testimony to what our God can do. And actually, He can do anything. And there is nothing too hard for God. And you 
not sometimes because you ask not. But when you get to a point like Kay Baker did, you know what? She knew who to call on was the Lord. She knew that. But sometimes we need our brothers and our sisters in Christ to come along beside us and hold our hands up and help us to pray. And so, Kay, last, what was it? Last Sunday was the first Sunday we had you and Ron back. But it was the week before that 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 you called the office and you spoke with actually Debbie Smith, Phil's wife, was, was helping that day. And you told her that you were having serious panic attacks. You were in desperation. Now, what, what from there, tell me a little bit. Well, it got better and better and better. And I don't, I don't have one anymore. Um, I feel great after all I've been through. I can't believe it. I just feel wonderful. I'm so happy. Okay. She got right to the point, but I'm going to have to back her up a little bit here. Okay, we're going to go back just a little bit, Kay. Kay, what I want everyone in this church here today to hear is where you were compared to where you are today. Okay, this was like several months back. You had something just just happen neurologically or whatever they were checking you for. You could not walk. You lost your ability to walk. Is that right? Right. And then from there, what happened? When you couldn't walk, they did what? They put you in the hospital. They put me in the hospital for like a week, and then they moved me over to a nursing home for 10 days probably. Well, when I got home, I still couldn't walk. I still was having problems. So I just worked it through. I just decided the devil wasn't going to do this to me. No, uh uh-uh. I believe for Christ. No matter what it takes, that's what I'm going to do. So I got up one morning. I could walk. My legs didn't hurt. My muscles on my arms didn't hurt. And I've been walking and talking ever since. But I want to tell you something else. This is part two. Sometimes when God does something really great for us, the enemy is so angry, he is going to cause you more problems to see if he can destroy your faith and make you doubt God. Make you doubt God. So that was part. This is the next thing that happened to Kay. So then after this happened and she was able to walk again, she began to be tormented and began to have panic attacks, which she had not had. And she was having horrible panic attacks. And I don't know if anyone's ever had a panic attack. I see you, Mariano, and God knows all about it. There are people right here today that suffer with this. You can be delivered and instantly set free. And the reason I know that is because Kay Baber had that experience. So Kay, when she called the office and talked to Debbie, she was almost borderline hysterical. Is that right? You were hysterical. Because for weeks she had begun to start these panic attacks, and they had begun to come ten times a day, some some of them. They were real, they were coming real bad. Just, I couldn't do anything. So her, so everything that after the, the walking was able to get, okay, then this began to come on her emotional system because she'd been through a lot and she was in a weakened condition. But when you called 
Debbie said, I'm going to call Miss Carolyn. You asked, I believe, for her. Betty. Yeah. Okay. She called me, and guess what? I just happened to be at home with nothing to do. Nothing to do. Just sitting there wanting someone to call me. <laughs> and my little Kay gave the call when she said, please have Miss Carolyn call me. I am desperate. I am, I am, I've got to have help right now. God had me there. And when I called her, she was crying. She was distraught. And I got crying too, I think. But you know, God used me and he will use you. So always be available, friend, wherever you are in this church today, because it may be you next that's going to get that phone call. It may be you this coming week, you may be getting a phone call. And you may be getting a phone call from a family member, or you may be getting a phone call from a friend that you haven't seen in a long time. It doesn't matter, but be prepared. Know that God is able to anoint you and to use you. And that goes for every believer, every believer. So when she, when you called and and... God just began to give me the words through tears and, 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 and anguish in my heart for the situation that you were in, Kay. But when he began to fill my mouth with things that I don't even have the ability to say or to know, he gave me scriptures, he gave me faith. And we, together, Kay and I and the Lord, there were three of us in that conversation going on. And that's who we went to. And he instantly, now hear this, he instantly set her free. She has not had one more panic attack. None. Absolutely none. And yesterday, I just called her just to check on her and see how she was doing. And she said, I just came back from a baby shower. I'm just doing great. And let me tell you what, Ron, stand up. Would you just at least stand up, Ron Baber? This is her wonderful husband. And Yes. And I hope this encourages you, whatever your condition is today. If you need healing, if you need a touch from God, it doesn't matter what it is. Kay, will God answer the prayer? Oh, yes. What he's done for you, you would want everybody else to have that same touch, right? Oh, yes. The, one of the, the last thing I want to ask her, I'm really putting her on the spot here a little bit, but you know what you said to me when, when I called you yesterday? You said, you know what I'm most thankful for? I found my church again. Say that. I found my church again. God's doing a lot of great things, as you know. You're having five or six panic attacks a day. You're in bad shape. But God can set you free from anything, from anything. And no matter how long you've had it or how recently it started, God can set you free. I stood yesterday beside the bed of Melody Rios at St. Vincent's Hospital. Melody's been through a, 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 a mighty struggle. When she was first diagnosed with breast cancer, she and Eddie came to the church and met me here, came to tell me, came to give me a first-hand report to tell me that, and said, we've got an ordeal ahead. We're going to believe God, and we're telling you, Pastor, because we know you'll pray. And I started praying for her that day. I prayed for her, as you have. I prayed for her faithfully and regularly since that time. I stood by her bedside yesterday, and I said, I pray for you every day. And it was a true statement. But God has now brought her to the place that she's cancer-free. 
And that is significant, folks. She's taking, I think it's three more radium treatments. They want to make sure of everything. I think it's a good thing. I, I praise God as I, I stood by her bedside. We prayed together. I praised God for doctors and medicine. God uses that. But all God, God does instantaneous healing, and God used doctors. I'm glad for every good thing God does to bring us through everything and bring us back to health. Praise God. But it's always God, no matter what the means he uses, it's always God who gives us the victory and gives us the healing. Praise God. We had kind of lose sight of that. So as we stood there and prayed, she said, well, Pastor, I want to tell you what happened. Because she wasn't in there for the cancer. She wasn't in the hospital for anything related to that. About a month ago, she started having shortness of breath. And she realized something was wrong. Of course, she didn't know why. She wouldn't see a doctor about it. They said, well, just give it another month or so to see how it goes. She said, no, I want to know now. They said, well, the only way we can know is to do a heart catheterization. She said, let's do it. So they set it up to do the heart cath, took her into the uh, surgical suite, and we're doing the heart cath, and it seemed like everything was going wrong. The doctor got in there and he said, there's a calcification in this artery so, so heavy that we cannot even get in there to put the stent in it. They needed some certain uh, tools, that's not the right word, instruments, surgical instruments, to get through it, because he was trying to break through it and could not break through the plaque that had that calcification in that artery there. So that's pretty serious. They said if she'd waited another month like they asked her to, she wouldn't be here. That's how serious that is. So now they're trying to get through it and nothing can happen, so the doctor gets frustrated. He says, well, I don't even need to be here. Why don't, why don't you have the tools that are the nurses? Why don't you have the tools in here that I need? I'm repeating what she told me. She's lying there on the for surgery, and uh, she's hearing all this. How would you feel? How'd you like it? <laughs> I'd feel like I need to get him run somewhere, but she didn't. She stayed. The doctor was going to leave. I can't do anything here. I might as well go and come back. She said, wait a minute. Wait a minute, everybody. All the nurses were upset. Doctors upset. She said, hold on. Wait just a minute. She said, I've got an answer. Let's do this. Let's pray. She said, everybody agreed that we pray. She said, everybody there agreed we'd pray. The doctor and the nurses. So she said, well, let me pray. So she started to pray for them and for herself. Prayed for the doctor to get, I don't know what she said about him, but she prayed for him. <laughs> prayed for the doctor, prayed for the nurses. <laughs> and so one, soon as she said, soon as she got through praying, she saw one of the nurses leave the room, didn't know where she was going. She went to get the instruments. The doctor said he needed he didn't have. Came back with them. He starts going in there, and, and, and then he opens up that, opens up that, that, that uh, uh, artery that was so calcified and was, and was able very quickly, she said very quickly, to put four stents in so the blood could flow. Set her up, took her back to the room. That was yesterday. No, no, that was Friday. Yesterday, she was in the hospital and I saw her yesterday morning. She went home yesterday afternoon. God answers prayer. God does miracles. I, I told Melody, I said yesterday, I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set the time when you are get to the place that you're well again. I said, we're going to make a time, a day out of it. I'm going to call you up to sing. I'm going to let you sing one song or two songs, three songs, whatever. I'm going to call you up to sing. And while you sing, we're going to stand. We're going to, in this church, we're going to rejoice and praise God for a miracle. 
Hallelujah. Don't miss that day. I don't know what day it's going to be, but whatever Sunday that is, don't miss it. I will change my plans. I have to be here for that. So God's doing wonderful things, and that's what we're praising Him for, for what He's doing. Last Tuesday morning, in our regular Tuesday morning prayer, we had 22 people here for prayer. That's encouraging. I mean, we always have, we always have 15, 16, 17, 18 people, sometimes more. Last, last Tuesday, there were 22 people in Tuesday morning prayer. Someone was brought in, a young man named Ross, and his mother and caregiver came in with him. And he came in to be prayed for, for seizures that he's been in. Sometimes very serious seizures that just throw him in the floor and, 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 and under attack. And the doctors were saying they're going to have to brain surgery to change something to, to, to help with that. He's trying to avoid that, obviously. They brought him into our prayer meeting for, for us to pray for him. And uh, his mother standing there with him. They put him in the chair in the middle of the floor like we usually do. People gathered around to pray for him. And uh, by the way, I got a report this morning that he's had only two slight seizures since that time last Tuesday. He was having them daily. Serious. Over them. So, so, so we're praying for him. And uh, then the question comes up, is he, is he, is he, has he given his heart to the Lord? So we're not being sure. People prayed around and prayed for that and talked with him. Cousin led him through prayer. He prayed the salvation prayer. And when he did, when he, got, when he finished that salvation prayer, amen, that salvation prayer, there was a loud sound in the prayer room. Bells started ringing. I mean, loud bells, just clear church bells, like somebody is standing in the bell tower pulling the rope and the bells ringing. And they were ringing like they were in the room. When I heard those bells, the first thing I thought was, wow, that's a loud ringtone that somebody has. And then I thought, well, but I've never heard a ringtone like that. That's church bells. And everybody was looking around to see if, if anybody had a telephone they were turning off and nobody's phone rang. That's not what it was. And then the question was, well, have our bells in the bell tower back here accidentally come on? Well, no, because if they had, you wouldn't have heard them ringing loudly in the prayer room. If those bells had come on, you would barely be able to hear them. Remember last Sunday morning when they came on while I was preaching? See, most of you don't even know it. <laughs> I heard them ringing well. You can't hear them on the inside. Barely hear them on the inside. So if you hear them on the outside of the yard, I went down to the office and told me what had happened. They said, oh, no, the bells couldn't have come on because if they'd come on, if those bells had come, we'd have heard them ringing down here. You hear them down, but you don't hear them inside the church. And so then Patsy Prince said, well, I, the, she was looking up as soon as it happened. She said, the bells sound came from up there. Well, there's no speaker up there for them to come through. You hear what I'm telling you, folks? There were 22 people. I don't know if every one of them heard it or not, but I know I was sitting there and I heard it. How many of you were sitting there and did hear it? Raise your hand. Clap your hand. Do something. Tell me. Okay. So there you are. So a lot of you heard those bells ring. I heard them ring. 
Now, I want to make a, a statement of qualification here. I hope it's not a statement of skepticism. Let it be a statement of qualification. I don't get carried away with things like this. You don't hear me talk about things this much. Somebody walks up to me and says, Pastor, you know, I had a miracle this week. God spoke to me. I was walking along, and I saw a bright light shining on this turtle's back, and I saw a big J on it, and I just knew it was Jesus, and I just want to praise God. And you know what I say when somebody tells that? I say, well, praise the Lord, brother. God bless you. And move on. And I say that as an extreme, but I hear all kinds of things. I've had people tell me in this church, well, you know, I, when we were praying, I saw a little dark figure slip out behind the altar, slip out and go under the, and go under the crack of that door and get out here. I believe, we, I believe the devil was getting out. I say, God bless you, brother, and move on. I turned on my TV set, and the first words I heard were, you're going to be a millionaire. And I just praised God because I do as a word from God. I say, God bless you, brother, and I move on. I don't get impressed by a lot of things, but I wasn't the only one that heard this Tuesday morning. There are 22 people in that prayer meeting. I'm not saying every single one of them heard. I don't know. I haven't asked every individual. But this I am going to ask you to do. If you were in that prayer meeting Tuesday morning, you're here this morning, right now. Listen to me now. If you were there Tuesday morning, this past Tuesday morning, and you heard those bells ring, I want you to stop at that information center. I want you to sign up with just a blank piece of paper. Sign your name on there. I'll know you because I know everybody was in that prayer meeting. So you don't have to put any information other than just sign your name. And why am I asking you to do that? Because somewhere down the line, somebody in the future, when we put this on YouTube or we put it in the paper, we announce it. He will say, well, you know, he's the pastor of the church. That's what you'd expect him to say. wonder who those people were. And I want to be able to give your name and address and phone number and tell, call any of these people, they will tell you. Because I know a lot of you heard that. You've already told me so. And we talked we talk about it that morning. Until we decided, hey, we better just believe God. These were the bells of heaven ringing. Hallelujah. Now, why, why does that matter? Why does that matter? It matters because it says God is doing something in this place, and he wants to be acknowledged. Let you, let you know, you can't see the presence of God here this morning. The only thing you hear of the presence of God this morning is what I'm preaching, and what you're hearing is people praise the Lord around you. But listen, those bells are a symbol of God being in the midst of his people. Hallelujah. You might come in here any Sunday morning, and no matter what, no matter what you'll hear. But what may happen? Because when God is moving, he does things that we don't expect and things that we don't plan for and things that we would not know would, could even happen unless God does it. And I will tell you, in all the years that I've been walking with the Lord, I have never heard anything like that. I've told people when I tell them, I preached twice on the vision that God gave me a few years ago. And I have to preach on that, but if I'm going to preach on the vision, that's the only one I ever had. I don't get a vision every week. I don't get a revelation every week or every day here, for that matter. I don't hear bells ring. I've never heard them ring in my life. That's why I'm so convinced it's God. That's why I'm so convinced it's the power of God. 
that God is telling us, God is saying to us, there's something coming that you've never seen. I've never heard the bells. There's something coming that you've never heard. There's something coming that you've never known. There's something on the way that you would not know and would not expect. And the only way you're going to know it is when you see it. And when you do, you'll know it's the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I want to tell you something else because God's not through this whole thing yet. I have one more thing to tell you. I can tell you a lot more. I'm going to tell you just one more thing. Last Sunday morning, we had a couple in our church that have been here yeah, four or five times. Uh, they would be here today, but Scott is working, and Marie has, has gone to see a friend of hers very close to death, and she felt like she needed to be there. But their name is Scott and Marie Ritson. This, this is their church. They found their church. Came first on a Wednesday night. Now they're... How many of you came here and found your church? You found your church. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's what they said. We found our church. Well, Sunday morning, they were both here. And uh, and Marie came to the altar. I think she was right over here praying over here. A very attractive young, young woman. Not very tall. Dark hair. She was, she was right. And, and there were people all around the altar last Sunday morning. I didn't pay any special attention to that. But people were gathered around praying, as we always do. So there was women. She said women were standing around praying. I, I didn't know anything that happened. I, I know when God's working around this altar, things are happening. The only way we're going to know about it is when somebody tells us about it later. God's doing things here. We never know. I see people crying, weeping. I don't know what it's about. I just know God's working, and I want to hear what God's doing. So when she went out that morning, she said, Pastor, I just want to tell you something. I was at the altar this morning. And, of course, if I do that, she said that there's women gathered around me to pray for me. And as they stood up there and prayed for me, one of, one of the women laid her hands on me. I guess there were several people laying hands. One woman laid her hands on me, and she prayed for Lois. And, and as you know, my name is Marie. And I started, the first thing I thought, pastor, kicks into gear. I started to apologize. I was, oh, I'm sorry, somebody just got you. Said, no, 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 pastor. No, no, no. Let me tell you the whole story. She said, we've only been here a short while, and, and you know, if you just moved here, and just that we they found us, and, and she said, but, uh, but, you know, we've been trying to get settled, going through finding jobs, going through a lot of things, which we knew that by talking to them from the first time they'd been here, so, and continued to discuss that with them. We knew that her name's Marie, his name's Scott, and, uh, and, uh, so she said, everybody, the only, everybody knows my name is Marie. And but what nobody knows is my middle name is Lois. <laughs> and when the person prayed for her, they prayed for Lois. <laughs> I don't know why you're not jumping up and down shouting and running all over to the I can hardly contain myself up here. <laughs> Because, because, you know, God knows your name. <laughs> and God may tell you that and all kinds of things right here in this church. God knows your name. God knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows when you're in the right place. He knows when you're in the wrong place. He knows how to lead you to the right place. God knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows everything about you. You know, I, I look around here, I know the name of I know the name of every person 
I know everybody's name sitting in this pew, in this section right over here. Now, my I, brother James and sister Patricia have introduced me to their granddaughters. I know that's Anna, and I, 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 I get that. I know, I know almost. I know everybody. <laughs> by name, by name. What's your other granddaughter's name? Oh, Josephine. Okay. Okay. Now I know that. I know all your names. I know everybody's name on this side. I even know Al's name's Dillard. You don't want me to. I just said that, Al. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we always say Al. All right, I know your names. I know. Some of you think I don't know your names. You're not sure I know you. I know your name. Right over here. Same thing over here. I don't see anybody whose name I don't know. Might be somebody down behind somebody, but I think I know. Yeah, yeah, I do. I know everybody's name over here. Know everybody's name over here. I don't know Mary's mother's name, but I do know it's Mary's mother. Okay, I know that. Okay, I, I got that. All right. Now, okay, so I know your name. I'm not even going to talk about this side over here. You're always. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but listen, here's the thing about. It. Here's what I want to tell you. I don't know anybody's middle name unless you go by your middle name. If you use your middle name, you know about, I know that, but then I don't know your first name. I only know one name for you. I don't know if your name is James Aloysius Brown. I don't know your middle name. You probably don't want me to. My father-in-law always went by O.B. Everybody called him O.B. That's what he wanted to be known by. He didn't want to be go by his name, which was Ogden Bauer. He didn't want to be called that. <laughs> I always thought it was a distinguished name, but he didn't think so. So, so if your name today is there anybody here named is there anybody here named Albert first or first or second name? Nobody named Albert. Okay, I can talk about Albert. Okay. So, so if you if your name is Albert, but you go by another name, and we all know you by that, you don't you don't you don't necessarily care if we know. That's your other name's Albert. But you're not out using that. You've chosen the name that you want to use, that you want to be known by. I don't want to be known by William. Everybody who comes up to me and says, hey, William, because it's on my name, friend, it's somewhere. I know they don't know me. They're acting like they do, but I know they don't. If, if anybody calls up, then there's nothing wrong with the name William now. For all of you that have it, all of all the, all the all the men in my family have one or the other of my names. So there's nothing wrong with it, except that I like to be known as Bill. That's what I've gone by all these years. When I write my name officially and legally, I write it out. But I like to be known by Bill. You know, I had a confusion on my Social Security card one time. The state of Florida named me as a security risk. It's true. They sent me a driver's license number, which I ordered online. They sent it to me and sent it to me with an address that I hadn't lived at for 10 years. And, 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 and then when I went down to the driver's license bureau to change the address, they wouldn't let me. They said, we we're not, can't change anything on this driver's license. I said, why? They said, because they've got you flagged as a risk, your security risk. I said, why? They said, I don't know. I don't know. It's something, so something doesn't match up on what you told them and what they found to be true. 
Well, then I found, now all of this I'm telling you to say about your name. My name. I found out what it was why I was a security risk. Because when I applied for my Social Security card and number, now you get them only when you're born, but then you got them when you turned 18 and you were able to go to work. I went out and got a Social Security card, and they asked me what my name was, and I said, my name is Billy Register. Like you said last week, I said, my name is Billy Register. That's what they put on my security, Social Security card. They didn't know any better than I did. I didn't know my name was William. <laughs> I've never been called anything but Billy. So when they asked me what my name was for my Social Security card, I said, Billy Register. They didn't ask my middle name. That's what they put That's what said on my Social Security card. And so when the state of Florida got all this catchy on the terrace and they started checking out the Social Security numbers and they saw that my name on that Social Security card was not the same one as on my driver's license because my driver's license had my legal full name. Now, nobody, there was nobody up there at the DMV. I'm not trying to blame them for anything. They probably didn't even look at it the second time. There's nobody up there at the DMV who knew that Billy is the diminutive or nickname, we like to say, for William. Nobody thought about that. They didn't send me a letter or notice. They didn't say, don't try to get on the plane because you'll be bumped off, taken to jail or something. They didn't tell me anything. They just wouldn't let me change my driver's license and get it corrected because they don't know me. And you don't know, you may not even know my middle name. doesn't matter. Who cares? You just call me pastor and I'll answer. You don't have no my name at all. Just call me pastor and I'll answer. There are a lot of people that don't know your name. Some people just talk to you and don't know your name at all. Some people just know your first name. Some people just know your last name. But you're just barely known. But I'm going to tell you somebody knows you intimately. I'm going to tell you somebody knows you deeply. I'm going to tell you somebody knows all about you and still loves you. Somebody who sees in the very depth of your heart, very depth of your thoughts, and the very depth of your being, he knows you. He knows your full name. He knows me whether I go by Bill or Billy. He knows my name me whether I go by William or Pastor. He knows my name whether I call it Billy or Mr. Register. Whatever I tell anybody my name is, well, they'll want, that's how they'll know me. It doesn't matter because God knows me intimately. He knows who I am. He knows the reality of me. He knows the reality of you. And God said to Marie, your name is Lois. It's Marie, yes, but it's also Lois. And I know you. I know where you are. I know who you are. My hand is on you. My plan is for you. I've got something for you that I plan to give you. And you're ready for it. That's what God's saying to her Sunday morning. And that's what God's saying to you right now. God knows who you are. I'm so glad that happened because it stirred my faith. To believe God again, God knows me like nobody else does. And I rejoice in it. How stand up to stand up, please. Just stand up right now. This is a great holy place to be in this morning.